0: Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Call to Be podcast, where we seek to empower everyday believers to discover and live out their authentic calling in Christ. I'm Reverend Dr. Travis Guzzi, pastor, as well as an ICF-certified life and executive coach and a Gallup's Friends coach. And it is wonderful having all of you with us Uh, here for our christmas edition of the call to be podcast and back in studio we have the rev kev uh, uh, kevin scott and trish freshwater great to have you both back
1: very happy to be back heavily caffeinated this morning so this might be a very energetic podcast it's good it's good i can see we're festive in the background we're jumping headfirst into the season and so uh, i hope you all are with us
0: absolutely so uh how's the uh, christmas preparations going for you both
2: Oh, we've been ready for a while um we st- We tend to decorate early, so um even maybe, perhaps the weekend after Halloween. Are yeah. you one of
0: those people that play Christmas songs before uh, even Thanksgiving?
2: I'm sorry, that you're supposed to stop playing <laughs> Christmas songs? <laughs> we, we, we listen year-round in our house. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> See, I'm one of those, I, I do not want anything Christmas until I've had my turkey on Thanksgiving. And, okay. then, and then the next day, bring out the Christmas, we decorate the tree. But I mean, even anymore, it's like you get it before Halloween, all the stuff's out. Yeah. And, you know.
1: Well, and yeah, in, in my house, I mean, we're, we're Christmas crazy. Like we're absolutely crazy. We'll start pulling stuff out of the attic. I mean the, before Halloween. I mean I think Sam and I were talking about this on October 1st. Um, the problem is, is that it was like it was just 80 degrees in Williamsburg <laughs> and it's November. <laughs> like what is going on with this? Like what? Yeah. And she's like yeah honey it's time to pull the tree out. And I'm like what? We need to have a, a barbecue or something. <laughs> like one last hurrah here. But uh, yeah, yeah my you know, Bermuda's we'll, in Hawaiian <laughs> Sure right? Yeah we'll, we'll get it up when we're another. That's days. awesome. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm but, okay with you know Halloween the demarcation, you know, we, we're not going to talk about it until after Halloween. But right. once Halloween's over, it's it's all open. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can say the the one Christmas thing that we absolutely did, but this was at the uh, urging of my son. Is we all sat down and watched uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh right, right. Which is one of the most theologically sound movies. Oh, I've made. It's So good. Like I I love every minute of that movie. And so um, and yeah, it's Bear, a classic. Bear loved it so much that he wanted to be Snoopy for Halloween. Oh cool. So like Christmas movie, which affects Halloween. I mean, how yeah. often does that happen? That's a, that's a
0: great tie in. That's wonderful. Well, um, so, hey, we're back in studio, uh, getting ready for the Christmas season, and we've got an exciting topic that we're going to be talking about. Trisha, why don't you set the table for us of what we're going to be discussing in this podcast today?
2: Sure. On this episode, we're going to explore how to discern God's will in making choices in our life, especially when it comes to discovering and living out our various vocations or callings in life.
0: Wonderful. So, th- I think this is something that a lot of believers really wrestle with and, and have questions about. Is how do you discern God's will? You know, what does God desire for my life? What's what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to turn left? Am I supposed to turn right? Um, what am I supposed to do for a career? Who am I supposed to marry? I mean, this has so many different implications. So, I'd like to start off, and let's just maybe have a discussion of of how how do most people understand. God's will and how to discern it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a tough question to answer, and this is a great topic too because I think this is something that everyone wrestles with. Because if you're if you're a Christian um, and you're faithful to Christ, then um, living as He wants you to is pretty important, and and, and discerning um, His His will in your life is pretty important too. But how you do that can get really really complex, and I think a lot of people. Uh, put a lot of emphasis on on feeling. If I feel a certain way, mm, yeah. that must mean that this is God's will. Now, I am not one of these guys that's like anti-feelings. Um, I, I think that feelings are there for a reason, and I believe instinct and intuition and those kinds of things are, are part of the way that God puts us together, but I also don't feel like it's the only thing, and right. you have to be real careful with this, because, I mean, if you go to the Bible, for example, you know, God's will for Jesus was for him to die on the cross. He didn't feel very good about that. Yeah, that's not a lot so of warmth. Fuzzies yeah, he didn't feel very good about that, you know, and so, and you can find examples of that, Well, too, and he even so. wrestled,
0: Lord, if it, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but yeah. not my will, your will be exactly. done.
1: Exactly, yeah, and his will was for Jesus to do something that he he really didn't want to do. Yeah. And so um, sometimes uh, I even, uh, I'll even tell people that if, if you feel like you don't want to do something, sometimes that's actually a better indication of God's will. If you, if you actually check the scriptures, like yeah. Moses, right, go to Pharaoh. I don't want to do that, you right. know, so... Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, and um, I think it even gets to the point where you know I've heard people say, "Well, follow your heart." Well, my heart kind of leads to some bad places sometimes. Yes, or you know, or what if it's heartburn from yes. the enchilada I had last night? you know, yes. and it's so so. How do you truly know? Um, and and you know, another thing that I think I see is sometimes people think that it's it's binary choices that there is the these are wrong choices, and usually there's only one right answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, that's uh, that's a really good point because people think that way. People think in a very uh, linear way. There's there's one question and there's one solution for this and. Um, you know, the example that always comes up is, is marriage. There's this idea that there's a, there's a soulmate um, that's out there for me, that God has just crafted perfectly for me. And if you, and if you think that, by the way, that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, I just think it's wrong. Uh, I think that you, uh, no judgments. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. But, but I think that what happens is that like, th- we're all a bunch of sinners. And I think that there are a number, I, I mean, the short answer is like, just pick one, like pick somebody, you know, pick if you think it's going to work out fine. You know, you're, you're going to have problems. I guarantee you, of course, listen to the people around you. But yeah. there might be many different people who are a good fit for you. And so um, I think just leaving it up to, well, there's it's this person might not be like the one like this one person, right. you know, I think can put yeah. Under- there's a
0: lot of people who could be compatible. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like, you know, oftentimes we put so much focus on who's this person for me. And we forget that it's also who am I for this person? Right. And, and so, you know, who who needs me to love them in life you right. know, and serve them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what happens if you have you have two different choices in front of you and neither one is particularly good? Then what do you do with that? Right. You know, how do you make up your mind then, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that this is a, it's a wonderful topic, but it's really, really sticky when you start to kind of get into the weeds on this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because I think that. People, for one thing, I mean, they, they tend to trust their hearts. They tend to trust their feelings more than anything else. But also, um, we tend to think that there's, there's just one there's one answer that I should be aiming for, and that's God's will. And so my my whole focus should be on on figuring that out. Right, right. And that, that may not be the case. Right. It, it might not. So. Right, right, right. Um,
0: so let me ask you both, when, when you're facing a decision and you're seeking God's will, where, where do you go? What do you do to begin to try to discern that?
2: I spend a lot of time doing research okay. um, I, I I tend to intellectualize um, situations and decisions and want to make sure that I understand what those choices are uh, and make sure that you know they align with what I think is the right way to go, but not right. necessarily um, maybe what I want, um, which le- leads into, you know, you've got those two choices, both look equally good, but which one is the one that's really going to take you where you need to be?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, And, and sometimes that what that helps us do is sometimes we can get a little too emotionally invested and mm-hmm. we're, it's hard for us to see objectively. And so that research can be one way that we can begin to take a little bit more of an objective view of a, of a topic or a decision.
2: Until you get into analysis paralysis and then, <laughs> <laughs> then you just Sit there, oh, and you're geez. constantly trying yes. to, yeah, weigh the pros and cons, and sometimes yes. you need to just make that decision. Yeah, you have the, the, yeah. the this Go committee in your head. And, you know, <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for you know, for me, um, I, I like to think about this uh, in a holistic way, and so part of it really is your your feelings, your instinct, your intuition, but then what's also kind of guiding this is, I mean, I, you you first check what it is that you want to do against the, the scriptures. Because there's some things that the scriptures are real clear on. Right. There's a lot that they're totally silent on. You, you don't want to make them say more than they do. But, you know, there's something that's, that's clearly in opposition to that, probably not God's will. But then there's some freedom there. And so then what do you do? Um, And so for me, there are there's a circle of people around me that I trust. And not everybody gets into that circle. But it's these are the people whose opinions matter the most to me. So this is really who I listen to. And then if you're hearing the same thing like a lot from a lot of different angles from a lot of different people, um, and they're they're good sources, then a lot of times that can be an indication. When I made the decision to go to seminary to become a pastor, that was probably the single biggest factor, Yeah, was that there were, I actually didn't really want to do it uh, in the beginning. Um, it's It was something I grew into, but the people around me for a couple years were telling me, this is what you need to do, yeah, yeah. and so...
2: Isn't it always interesting when those around you actually see your vision, your future, before yeah. you do, yes. um, yeah. and and they have a nice, gentle way of saying, "Well, don't you think you might want to try?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really really wild, um, you know. And you even see this in uh, in the ministry of um, in the ministry of Jesus. You know, he. A lot of times we kind of have this this image of Jesus as just kind of this lone ranger and, and everybody else, but actually we have. Um, a couple different places in the scriptures where it actually says that other people were ministering to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I have to think that there were people in his life that he also looked to for guidance, you know, his his parents and um, perhaps those uh, around him among his disciples that he had particularly close relationships with. Like, of course, he's there mentor. He's their their Lord. But at the same time, it it would be impossible that they wouldn't in some way have some kind of influence on what he's doing. And so I think that listening is what's key there. Right, right, right. Well, you know, um, Martin Luther actually gives us some good guidance,
0: especially as we consider God's will in living out our callings in life. And there's this quote I just love to share. And uh, for those who can see it, we've got it on the screen. For those who are listening, uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. So Luther one time said, for only two things are necessary faith and love. Everything else you are free to do or to leave undone. Now, when he talks about this idea of faith and love, you know, we've done this uh, conversation on other podcasts where we talk about the, the two primary relationships of life are vertical with God, which is established by grace through faith in Christ. And then the horizontal uh, where we're called in our various areas of responsibility of life to love and serve neighbor. And that's really what he's talking about here. Faith is that vertical relationship in which we're made alive in God's promises and love. And then love is how we live out the love that Christ has given to us, uh, to our neighbor. And so really what Luther says, hey, first of all, do, do you believe in Jesus? Do you know his promises and love? That's part of God's will that we would know him and know that salvation and then it's love and that love in the horizontal is really the guiding principle and we've even again on other podcasts talked about the expert law comes says uh, you know Jesus what must I do to be saved how do you read the law love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind strength love your neighbor as yourself i mean so so when we really consider the horizontal plane of life and wonder god what do you desire for me to do what's right what's wrong ultimately, at the end of the day, all of the law, all of God's will and desire for us is summed up in what does it look like to love your neighbor?
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And um, uh, what I really love about this is that it kind of checks all the boxes. If you're, if you're working from a place of, of faith, then you, you care deeply about the influence of other believers around you. It, it kind of comes with the territory, and you're going to check what you're doing against what God has, has clearly told you, which is where the, the scriptures are. Um, but then there's also this this horizontal aspect. Is that you might, there, may, there might be something that, you know, there's kind of that letter of the law and spirit of the law thing. There might be something that, you know, it, it seems cut and dry, but then you have to ask yourself, is this speaking the truth in love? Is this acting in a loving way? Yeah. And so then you might want to pause and say, okay, now how am I going about doing this? Yeah. Um and I, I like the uh, the freedom thing too. Everything else. Now I would disagree with him on that because I'm not free to play in the NBA. I'm I'm five foot ten. Well, you have, do have to work within have, uh, God's <laughs> restrictions of our design and yeah, lives. I, I have zero. I have zero skills in basketball, but but I, I get what he's saying here, though. That there are you know there are things that like you know when you when you get up in the morning, like what pair of pants are you going to put on? Like who cares? Like got, yeah, put, got on, <laughs> put on a pair of or pants. What color <laughs> carpet in the
0: church? It's like you know God really doesn't one, have yeah. an opinion in that one. Um, <laughs> You know, I think this really gets into, you know, it's it's what does love call us to do, but then it's also understanding our neighbor in our different areas. So so here, let me just put a, a, an example on the table. Say you have a, a sibling, a brother or a sister, and they ask you for money. What is the loving thing to do?
1: Mm.
0: Well, it kind of depends. depends. And what does it depend on?
2: It depends on the situation and that individual's patterns in life. Um, You know, if they are one to squander and and spend money on things that probably should not have been spent on, you may not be quite as willing to pass that money to them again another time. It's about boundaries. Uh, But then if they are truly in need, if you are truly being helpful, trying to help them achieve something and move forward in life, then obviously the answer is yes, hands down.
0: Yeah. If it's a hand up, that, that can right. be a good thing that's empowering and can help them in a time of need. If if they've got addictions um, and you're enabling really destructive behaviors, perhaps the loving thing might be to say no. Um, so, so you know, it, it, I think it, it's taking a look at first of all, what, what is loving, but then Who's my neighbor? What's the need? And and there's a lot of freedom to say, you know. Sometimes loving is to say yes. Sometimes loving is to say no. Loving is to turn right. Loving is to turn left. And I think it's just it's it's recognizing that there's not only one path out there, but there's discretion, there's discernment, and there's also we live under grace. Sometimes we are gonna blow it, uh, but that's okay. You know, God God has a way. I always remember um, th- this this idea of. Uh, you know, when you're driving with your GPS and if you happen to turn a wrong direction, what does the uh, GPS device do? It recalculates. Yeah. And and it can take you from where you are back to where you're supposed to be going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, and I really like the way that you described that, Travis, where you might have multiple right answers. And one thing that came to mind, a, a real simple example is, okay, who should I give my money to? I have a I have a tithe that I want to give. Where should that go to? Well, you know, there might be an organization, for example, that that supports orphans in, in Africa. Okay, that's that's a really good cause. It's in line with what what God tells us to do. So, really good option. But there also might be, um, you know, maybe there's there's a hospital that's going up somewhere, or maybe there's a church build that's going up somewhere, and you kind of want to target it in that way. You know, maybe your your church is has a need, and you want to you know make an impact there. And all of those are good things to yeah. do. It's all good. You know, it's I think God want you to give, but he doesn't necessarily tell you how to do that. God's not really God's not really a micromanager in no. that regard. He's going to give you like guidelines, but he's not going to say, all right, now you must give to the ABC charity on, yep. on Fifth Street uh, three times a, a week or yeah. something like that. Or so. what
0: school to go to. You know, I think a lot of young people struggle with this. Should yep. I go to Harvard? Should I go to Stanford? Yep. Should I go to Michigan State? Should I go to my local community college or maybe not go to college? Um, you know what, there's not a a, a right answer or a wrong answer there. Now, there are different outcomes that could have for your life. There's also considerations, can you get into the school or not? Uh, but, But there's not like one path for you in life and all others are wrong. And I think that that leaves that paralysis by analysis. Sometimes we can overthink that, you know, that maybe if I make a choice, I'm going to be making a mistake in life. And I think that that robs people of a lot of freedom. And so when I talk to a lot of people about God's will, here's my image. I'd love to get your reaction on this. I kind of think of it like a river. So, you know, in a river, there's kind of the flow of the river. And uh, I used to do a lot of whitewater rafting uh, just south of Jackson Hole and the Tetons along the Snake, really wonderful rapids. And there's kind of like that that ideal when you hit the rapid just right, um, you know you get great action, you know you get everybody gets wet. It's a lot. Hopefully everybody stays in the boat. We do tell them to fall <laughs> in the boat, not out of the boat. Because
1: uh, there's the guideline. That's <laughs> what's important
0: here. Yeah. Don't don't fall. <laughs> stay don't, yeah, stay in the boat. Uh, and, but then there's other parts of the river where you kind of miss it and you don't get the exact right you know hit of the rapid. But it still can be a good ride. And then there's other parts. It's really slow, it's meandering, you know, there's tributaries, but you know, you're all in the river. But then there's that part where you know when you're out of the river, when you're out of the bank, you know, um, that you know, okay, I'm not in the river any longer, I'm up on land. And I think that's kind of God's will, you know, the, the Ten Commandments can kind of serve to let us know, hey, here you're in the river, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, and the various things that really reveal the heart within that that Jesus goes into uh, but but then you also know, hey, this is out of bounds, and this isn't where God's blessing. And and so within the river, you know, as long as you're not out of the banks, you know, outside of the Ten Commandments, there's a lot of freedom within that.
1: Right.
2: It makes me think of um, a sermon that Pastor Harmon did about a year or so ago. About, this is Bill Harmon, former pastor yes. at King of Glory Lutheran. Yeah. He um, he talked about that the destination matters, and so that makes me think, you know, it's the destination we're headed towards that path is going to go down lots of different ways. But as long as we're headed in that same direction and and we're reaching for that same goal, then we're still going to make it regardless of those little choices we make along the way. So the
0: goal in vocation can be love and service to neighbor. The path, how you get there, can vary depending in, in a lot of different ways. We're going to talk about some of that as well. Yep. So now with that though, while there's a lot of freedom to do or not to do within vocation to make this choice or that choice, um, there is also another aspect that's sometimes outside of our control. Uh, and I always love to go to this passage because uh, I have to remind myself of this a lot. Uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty one that says, many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Mm-hmm. And so while we may have a lot of ideas in life of what we might want to do or not do, is this considered loving or not loving? But at the end of the day, um, it's ultimately God's answer of whether we should or not. And so usually, uh, as I understand it, is that often comes from does the person who we're trying to love and serve really are they receptive to want what we have to receive?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a this is kind of a, well, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of trite, but I actually really like the saying, there's the saying that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, you know, and he, because you can see he has kind of a track record of. of So so on that,
0: there were three places I told God when I went into ministry, I was never going to go. Texas, LA, and San Francisco.
1: And you went to all three. I've been
0: to Texas, I've been (laughs) to LA, and I served twice in the San Francisco Bay Area. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what it is. I mean, sometimes we, we need to live with the understanding that, while God does give us a certain amount of, of freedom here, uh, his his way is going to be the way that that prevails and that can be really difficult sometimes because you know you see things around you in the world that seem really really terrible and you ask yourself, how can this be the will of God? How is this even possible? And there are some things and this is getting into some really heavy, theological territory, but there are just some things that God just doesn't tell us. Yeah, um, My ways are higher than your ways. And we're not going to
0: know this side of eternity.
1: Exactly. So living, and that's where the faith aspect I think comes in, is, is living in that state of, of trust, which can be really, really difficult, which is sometimes you don't know God's will and you kind of have to be okay with that. You know, you just, I, I don't really know what you're doing here. I don't understand it, but... Yeah. Um, I'm trusting that uh, ultimately your ways are good and that ultimately you do have an end game here in mind that's that's good.
0: Yeah. And going back to that river, while we can kind of guide ourselves within a river, remember a river has a power of its own that also takes us. And sometimes there are even parts I remember that we get into a part of the river where In order to get any forward movement because of the river and it was going so slow and the headwinds that we were facing, we actually had to paddle really hard to even get moving or else we'd be standing still or going backwards. Um, And so it's just recognizing that there's what we bring and what we desire. But at the end of the day, it's going to be God who who says yes or no, or, or it's also going to be through other people. So you might want to be a pastor. Well, you also have to have a congregation that gives you a call. You might want to marry somebody, but do they want to accept that proposal of marriage and marry you? Um, you might want to do a certain career, but is that company going to hire you? Um, so, so there is a lot of factors that go into play. There is, there is what we have control over, but then it's recognizing there is parts of God's will that we also don't have control over in life.
1: Yep, and it's very rarely just about you. There is, <laughs> there is always other people involved in this equation, no matter which way you slice it.
0: That's right. Yeah, and, and sometimes you know, I, I think we always look for those open doors. You know and and sometimes we always think, well, an open door is god 's will, maybe, but maybe an open door you shouldn 't go through, or perhaps a door is shut, maybe you need to knock harder and you need to force that door open um, you know so so there 's a lot of discernment in this of of what we can do, but trusting the rest. well, I want to share with some of you all uh, some some keys for discerning god 's will. In your callings, your vocations of life, whether this is in marriage, whether this is in career, how, how do you love and serve in your community or your neighborhood? Um, and, and so this comes from Robert Benny he wrote a book called Ordinary Saints, and a really excellent book, I, I recommend it. But he kind of talks about a couple keys. First of all, he says, gain clarity regarding one's own now I put in the term, divine GPS. He talks workmanship, gifting, and design. But but as we've talked about in the Call to Be podcast, it's understanding your gifts, your passions, your strengths. Uh, remember, as we're guiding our way in life and our callings, this really becomes a way that we can do that is understanding how God's gifted us. The second is then discern the needs of one's neighbors in our various areas of responsibility of life. What are the needs uh, in my classroom? What's the needs in my workplace? What's the needs in my neighborhood, in my church, in my family? And, and so trying to look around and understand who needs love and service, who needs what I have to offer in life. Then guided by the Spirit, and this is where it's more art than science, where it takes prayer, it takes research, it takes, as you talked about, uh, Kevin, uh, talking to others and seeking counsel, that in the mix of all that, we seek the Spirit's guidance to discern the intersection of our gifting and design, our divine GPS, and the needs of our world and our neighbor's. And now what's it look like when those things come together?
1: Yeah, I love this because one of the things that we had left off the table until just now is the importance of prayer in all of this. And prayer is, is incredibly important here, but I think it works differently than a lot of people think. Um, there is no still small voice. There is no inner inner voice that you have to listen to. Um, you know, when God speaks in the scriptures, it's pretty obvious Big, booming voice, that sort of thing. So, like, if you hear that, then, like, more power to you. But more often than not, God is working through various means that surround us. So you pray to know the will of God. You pray that God's will be done. We say this whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. Um, we, we say it over and over and over again, both on earth as it is in heaven, um, but then oftentimes God is working through the people around you. He's working through the church. He's working through, um, I think he does work through your own intuition sometimes. Yeah. I think that he works through ways and means that you oftentimes can't even see coming. Um, and so you, you pray, but then rather than just kind of, okay, I'm just going to sit and, and meditate here and wait for the answer, get out in the world and see what happens. Yeah. A- and God will, will make that clear to you, I think. Yeah.
2: It's part of being open and observant, paying attention to what's happening, paying attention to those chance meetings, those people who you haven't seen in six months who show up on your doorstep. Why? What, yeah. are, what are they bringing to the table for you?
0: Yeah, and I think that's really what prayer does. It's kind of a twofold. It's, it's not, one, a matter of trying to get God on our side to do what we want. It's more aligning our hearts and lives mm-hmm. to his will and purposes. But then I think it's that second is kind of putting up your antenna when you pray Because then you become more observant for, okay, God, where's the open doors? Where's the opportunities? Where are people in my life who need what I have to offer? And I think we become much more attentive to that. Um, There's a a fourth one that he talks about. It's then stepping into God's will. And again, recognizing that's a lot of options there, but it's whatever is love and serving to my neighbor in these opportunities, in these areas of responsibility, uh, in our callings. And and we do it through what's called disciplined attachment is we prepare ourselves. We count the cost. We, we take responsibility for the, the areas and the opportunities that, that are presented for us to use the best of who we are and meeting the needs of people around us. And it also sometimes takes this, and this is interesting, to step away from certain responsibilities to take on new ones that God has called us to through dis- disciplined detachment. So sometimes in order to say yes to something, you got to say no to something.
1: Yeah, you are not, well, you can't do it all. You you just can't. And uh, some people in an effort to, so you, you, you actually get this a lot in the church. You get people who think that in order to really serve God and in order to really do the will of God, I have to volunteer for every single thing that comes up. And what happens inevitably with these people is they burn themselves out, and then they don't want to do anything. They may even end up leaving the church over, it. it's really sad. And that is clearly not what God wants. Yes, he wants you to serve, but you do have limits. You're only yep. one person. Limited
0: time, limited talents, limited energy. Yeah, and
1: that, that's where it comes back to the, the very first point that you made about being aware of that divine GPS. How am I put together— and what is my threshold? Where is my my line here? Um, and it, that takes a lot of self awareness too. Yeah, and I
2: think that extends beyond even volunteering at the church. It could be within your family. Maybe you oh, yeah. are constantly saying yes to everyone, and you forget that you can say no. Uh, Maybe you're not the person who needs to be pursuing whatever opportunity. Going back to your, you know, do you give the sibling the money? Um, Sometimes saying no is the better choice. Yeah. Not just for them, but for yourself as well.
0: Or maybe you have uh, parents, a mother or a father, um, and there's a heavy season of responsibility at work and and the, the needs of the family, and they're feeling guilty that they're maybe not giving as much to the church or maybe involved in the community as much. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't do something, but but there's also, I think, some opportunity to recognize, listen, you're being faithful to the callings you have right now, and and there are seasons of life. There are seasons that we're going to be able to do more uh, in, in some areas, and there are seasons we're going to have to say, you know what, I've got enough on my plate right now, let me get a handle on this, and maybe at some point when the time is right – that I'll have more energy, more time to be able to devote to something new. Yeah, I think yeah. it's
2: real important to remember there are seasons. We yeah. forget, we get blind, and yeah. we and we get locked in, and we forget that there are moments yeah. when we're more focused in different yeah. places.
0: And I think this also reminds us to uh, not do uh, quiet quitting. Uh, <laughs> that's happening out in the yeah, world. Absolutely. My wife's hearing this in the workplace. A lot of people who just all of a sudden one day, no two week notice either. Yeah, or they're just gone. They're just gone. <laughs> it's like what happened to Fred? Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, well, hey, that's uh, that's our podcast for today. Um, what are some takeaways for our viewing and listening audience that they should be thinking of from what we talked about today, especially discerning God's will?
1: Well, I mean, this has been a great conversation from the get-go, and I'm really glad that we had it because I think that this is something that a lot of people wonder about. And uh, really two things stuck out to me. One is that there's some freedom here. There may not be one right answer, so don't agonize over it. Right. But also... Listen, listen to the people around you and listen to to God. Listen to what he's clearly told you. Spend time in the scriptures, spend time in prayer and and open up your ears and listen and God will make this apparent to you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. It's hard to find something to add on to that because it really is paying attention and and listening. And maybe that's the key is that we have to remember to stop and pause and listen. Um, we get lost in trying to, oh, I have to make this decision. I have to make this decision. But it's sometimes we need to just take that moment, listen to our our, our friends and, and family around us, listen to those who are maybe even see us for who we are before we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, w- one last point, I'm sorry. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the most comforting promises that Jesus makes to us in the scriptures, at least for me, is seek and you will find. And what that means is that now that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to like what you find. But what it does mean is that if your heart is aligned and if you are truly seeking the will of God, then he will make that apparent to you. Yeah. You will find it. And that, that to me is very, very comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I don't always like the results, it's that's still right. Very comforting. That's right.
0: So. And, and to live in the grace and freedom of God, that even if you make a wrong choice, it's okay. You know, yeah. God forgives us. He can... T- Pick, take you from where you are and move you forward. Yep. And so live in that freedom. It's, it's okay. Um, hey, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, just a couple call to actions for all of you. First of all, uh, if you were blessed by this podcast, not only uh, listen and view, but make sure to like and to share it with others. Uh, maybe individuals uh, who might be struggling with, how do I understand God's call in life? Um, that this might be a blessing to them in uh, helping them discern some tough decisions that they're trying to make or what they're supposed to do in life. Um, also too, um, remember we kind of talked about this, that you don't have to go it alone. And so I just want to encourage you if you're struggling with, uh, Hey, I have got a vision. I've got a dream. I have got a sense that God's calling me to something, but I'm not sure exactly what it looks like, how to live out the best of who God's created and redeemed me to be, uh, what it looks like in the different areas. Uh, what's a strategy look like? How do I move forward? If you're struggling with any of that. I encourage you to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about maybe doing some coaching with you to help you get that discernment, to see what that looks like, develop a strategy and, and identify the resources that God has provided and the people you need to encourage and support you along the way. As always, we want to thank the Southeastern District of Malem for their generous gifts that make this podcast possible. And with that, we want to wish you all God's richest blessings. Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you next time for the Call to Be Podcast. Take care, everybody.